This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is On The Mark as we continue to talk some basketball and bringing in my guy, the Junkyard Dog, Jerome Williams with us at Junkyard Dog, JW on Twitter. You, uh, Jerome, I'm, I'm watching your highlights in, in the big three and you're still going to the rim. You're still dunking the basketball. You're still slapping the backboard and you're diving out of bounds like old school JYD. This is a beautiful thing. I, I, I'm loving the effort. Just want to let you know that right out of the gates here. That's what I'm talking about, Mark. That's what I'm talking about. Got to have effort out there. Big three time, man. What's it been like for you to be back on the court? Because I, I didn't, I got to be honest, I didn't quite get why you retired when you did. You still, I thought, had at least another year or two with you. But, you know, the, you left New York and, and that was it. But it's, you still got that fire. I can, it's, it's obvious. That's right, man. I like I dwindled the flame, but I didn't put it all the way out. <laughs> you know, I just turned it down a notch when I retired in 05. Uh, just wanted to spend time with the family and uh, took advantage of uh, learning the ins and outs of the NBA front office with the Knicks and then uh, went on to work a little bit with the Raptors and then with the NBA. So it was just, it was just a, a time for me to just explore different aspects of basketball. Uh, the business of basketball, and I enjoyed that. Did a little TV work with MSG, and uh, you know, started formulating my own company. And uh, that when I when the Big Three came, I was like, wait a minute, this is a half court. This is where the game started for me in half court three on three. So I said, I know I can. I, I got a little bit of juice left in the tank for the dog pound. They were barking, Mark. They were. <laughs> I know it, Jerome. I know it. The, I, I uh, you know, it's kind of funny though. You you look back, and I, I'm I'm going through your career, and of course, you start with Detroit. The, the whole junkyard dog thing that wasn't a compliment at the start. You weren't getting any minutes, and they were like, "Hey, garbage time, get on out there." They were they were kind of dogging you. That's right. You know, it starts with those garbage minutes, and uh, I I embraced the moment, embraced uh, whether or not I was playing. You know, ten minutes a night minutes tonight, it, it was all a blessing, and I made sure I supported my teammates and my team uh, while I was out there and when I was on the bench. So that, that enthusiasm, you know, was contagious. The energy was contagious, and the arena kept caught on. 
fans started barking, and then that that's what brought the level of the game up. And I, I made sure that I gave it my all, 110% effort each and every time I stepped on the court. Let, let's do a little little rewind to to a young Jerome. You're you're, you're in high school. And uh, the rumor has it is you were this gangly, awkward kid who couldn't get a date to the prom. You were solo prom night, which, by the way, I can relate to that, Jerome. We're on the same wavelength there. I did not go to prom either, but I, I didn't quite have your athletic talent, so you're, you, you got the superiority on me. Hey, man, you must have did your research, yes. <laughs> uh, I was solo on prom night. Uh, the date that I, I was going to have uh, decided she didn't want to go. So I, I went by myself, you know, true to the dog pound, didn't leave anybody, you know, left standing there on the dance floor, made sure I cut the rug up, you know, solo. <laughs> see, see, I didn't have that confidence. I, I, I stayed away. When, when Denise Crivetti said that she – it's interesting because I have the same story. When Denise Crivetti said, like, you know, you know I got another guy at another school that I'm going to hang with on that night. Sorry. I mean, I, I, I went into a shell. You, you, you didn't. You, you stepped right back up. That's right, man. You got, <laughs> hey, you got to keep your hand in the fire. <laughs> can't take it out. You know, can't – you know, don't, I knew – that basically when I grew old, I was going to be able to show these, my kids this picture of me solo at the prom. So they, they never had to fear going by themselves. They could be like, Dad, have that confidence, walk in there, look smooth. And, uh, and, I, and I wish I would be the one to say that I started it. But actually my dad, he went to his prom by himself and took his prom picture solo. And I mean, he was looking smooth too. So it's sort of like a Williams thing. You know, if you don't get the one you want to go to prom, it's solo all the way. I love that. I love that look, too. Don't settle. You're going for the one you want. This is inspirational. I, pe- I hope people are taking this in. This is, that was true young vision right there. And, and let's, let's talk a little bit more about the young days here. You're, you're not recruited coming out of high school. You end up at tiny Montgomery College before John Thompson comes and gets you. So you're, you, you could not have been thinking at that point that you would have been an NBA player. Or did you have, like, somewhere in there that you still believe that, hey, I can do this? No, absolutely not. You know, at, at, when I graduated high school, I was right around 6'2", barely 6'3". And I just got on my knees and had to say a prayer, you know, ask the Lord for seven inches. Well, that summer I happened to grow seven inches. Wow. And when I got to junior college, I was 6'9". So now I'm able to do some things on the basketball court, you know, thank God that I wasn't able to do in high school. And uh, that's when my, uh, basically my playground career blossomed because, you know, I, I didn't get any recruitment coming out of high school. So basically all my recruitment came from the playground. And so then you, that's, and guys like you that, that do grow late, you already have those guard skills, so you have an advantage. Like you would, you'd get the ball at the top of the key, and you drive left hand, throw it down, right hand. I mean, you you were a big guy, but you had that the ability to put it on the on the floor, which is a huge asset. That's right. You know, kept those guard skills intact, and uh, and had an advantage. You know, all the way through uh, the rest of college, was being able to dribble in both hands. Yeah. So that made a tremendous deal uh, difference. And, you know, making, like, USA team and, uh, you know, being the, the MVP of the, the NBA draft um, when it was out in Phoenix. 
I mean, all those get it for me. Let, let's talk about playing with Allen Iverson at, at Georgetown. What did you know about AI before you got there? What were your ideas about him? And then what was that experience like? Well, you know, I didn't know much about him uh, prior to uh, both of us arriving on Georgetown campus the same year. He was a junior. I was a junior coming in from junior college, and uh, he was, you know, an incoming freshman. And, you know, that summer was pretty pretty uh, amazing because they, they were talking us both up, saying that, you know, Georgetown basketball was about to change um, and get back to the glory days. And, and when he arrived on campus and we had a chance to play together, I was just blown away. I was like, wow, this, this guy, I didn't know how good he was going to be, but I said he was going to be good. Yeah, it's, it's cool that he's, he's a part of the big three, too, now. I, I, I want to tell you one Allen Iverson story. I think it's, it's his second year. And they're playing Chicago, who, of course, you, you play with the Bulls for a little bit as well. And it's the preseason, and Michael's still playing. So I'm, I'm a young guy. I go in the visitor's locker room because everybody wants to talk to, you know, even Steve Kerr and Judd Bushler. Who I, I think he played with Bushy, too, in Detroit. But anyway, I, Iverson's by himself. I'm doing this one-on-one interview. I'm a young guy. I'm super nervous. And I say, uh, Alan, you, you think that you guys have a shot at the playoffs this year? And they were like a 25-win team the season before. And he looks at me, Jerome, and says, what the F do you think I'm going to say? Of course we're a playoff contender. Man, it's the preseason. Oh, what am I going to say? We're not going to make the playoffs? And that was my first lesson in media, Jerome. Don't ask stupid questions. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was your first lesson. You know, <laughs> definitely don't ask that question in, in the preseason. Yeah, that was, that was a good, good response by Allen. Right? I mean, you're right. Does that, does, your career, is, is, that so. <laughs> is that the AI you know? Does that sound like the AI you know a little bit? That, that, that sounds like the AI I know. I definitely know. <laughs> That was his answer right there. Who uh, who had the biggest impact you on your Detroit years? I know you had a, a bond with Rick Mahorn, but you had a you had a Joe Dumars over there. You had a young Grand Hill. I mean, Kenny Smith was poking around too. You had a lot of guys on that team. Doug Collins coaching it. That's right. A lot of veterans. A lot of good uh, good good influences out there. Um, but I definitely say Rick Mahorn was probably one of my biggest influences because you know he just he was just a constant professional and he wanted to make sure that guys like myself, incoming rookies, uh, learned how to be professional. He made sure I was there three hours before practice and stayed late um, and, and put me through my rookie initiation. And after I passed the initiation, you know, I didn't have any more problems. And he tagged me with the Junkyard Dog as a nickname. And the rest is history because I just kept that same hard work mentality uh, that, you know, stayed my career. And made sure that you know kids kids uh, today can can also watch a role model as well. You know, doing the right thing, uh, trying to present myself in a positive light, and always be positive. What, what can you share about that initiation? Um, oh man, he, he one of the initiations was that he asked me to pick up a pack of cool cigarettes, and I had to go past seven mile to get it, and and some donuts, <laughs> and I had to have them to the gym. Before practice by 7 a.m. Practice started at 10 a.m. So I bring him the cool cigarette and the and the donut. And when he gets the, the cigarettes, I say, "Man, I didn't know you smoke, man. Why are you smoking?" He's like, "Oh, I don't smoke. I just want you to give me a pack of cigarettes." <laughs> so I was like, 
you had me drive all the way downtown Detroit, you know, because like cool cigarettes, they don't, you don't, they don't sell those in the suburbs. You got to go to the hood, you know. So yeah, it was it was funny, man. It was, that was my initiation, and uh, he got me laughing over that. And uh, but uh, he was a great guy and a great teammate. That's that's a great story. I I uh, I mean, when I was a in my basketball forward of watching years, you know, that was the bad boys. And Rick Mahorn took Doug Collins and put him into the scorer's table. I don't know if you've ever seen that video. But it's interesting just to think about Doug, Doug was then coaching him. I don't know if they ever talked about that moment. Is, is, that, uh, is, that, a, is that anything that sounds familiar? No, they never talked about that moment. They never, they never discussed yeah. that, but I'm sure Rick has a lot of moments like that. <laughs> yeah, he does. You, you play with an, uh, some tough guys in Toronto, too. You had, you had Oakley. You had Kevin Willis. I mean, you've been around some bangers here, Jerome. Hey, you know what? I, I stayed around some tough guys. You know, Charles Oakley is probably one of the toughest that I played with. Antonio Davis, of course. Yeah. Also, Kurt Thomas was a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, did you like that part of, you know, getting I, – I mean, you, you were always hustling, but the, the true banging with somebody like that, did you enjoy it? Or was it like, oh, no, I got to deal with this guy again? No, I mean, absolutely embraced it and enjoyed it, um, you know, one thing, I was always on the lighter side when it came to power forwards. Right. So I just pride myself being strong and quick. So we used to say too quick, too strong uh, when it came up against going up against guys like Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, Tim Duncan, Rasheed Wallace, Chris Weber. I mean, these guys were athletic as well as big. And, you know, those, those were some of the toughest uh, power forwards I had to face in my day. Can you believe you get to just say those names that you had that experience? I mean, how awesome is that? That's that's awesome, man. Because people know those names, <laughs> yeah. and they know that you know. And one another one, you know, he wasn't as strong or big, but Kevin Garnett. I mean, come on, it was just Hall of Famers each and every night I was facing, and uh, it, it was it was a testament to you know me being able to be uh, efficient and you know try to hold hold those guys to, to not their normal numbers that they're accustomed to and make it hard for them each and every night. Did KG talk a bunch of trash to you, or did you kind of, I don't know, mind your P's and Q's around him? KG talked trash to himself. <laughs> he never talked trash to me. He'd always be cursing himself out. That's KG. Like what type of stuff would he say? Uh, he just literally cussed himself out. Okay. Like, yeah, to himself. What, uh, let, let, let me get a moment with uh, you and Akeem, who, one of the classiest guys in the history of the league. I, I'm wondering, I know that you went over to Africa and did basketball without borders after, uh, after your career. I'm wondering if, uh, if the dream had any, you know, I don't know, guidance on that or you know, what, it was, what it was like being with him because everybody who's been around Akeem, they just love him. Oh, I love the dream. Dream was awesome guy. Learned, taught me a little bit about the dream shake. I got a little dream shake in my repertoire. I'm, I I broke out a little bit with, at the big three. I'm going to have to add a little bit more to the repertoire so people understand the tutelage that I picked up in my day. You know, Scotty Pippen was another teammate of mine. Yeah. Um, Penny Hardaway, no look pass. I'm getting ready to implement that. Shout out to Penny Hardaway. Saw him the other night. Um, but definitely, it came to dream. He was, he was an awesome teammate. Loved him. Um, I remember one game, he blocked 10 shots. I mean, this is when the man's like almost 60. 
<laughs> so, 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 you know, because you know with Africans, you don't never know their rural age. They tell us one thing, but they, they, they don't know where they were born or when, really. So I always get on them about that because, you know, I had, I had teammates like the Kimbe Matomo and uh, Yaya Ja. So these guys, these guys, they never knew their age. Uh, John Thompson used to joke around with them all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. What what do you remember about going to Africa with basketball.borders? And I, I I don't know if you remember that I, Mama Jackie, I think, was somebody that touched your, your heart a little bit. Oh, absolutely. You know, the one thing about the Africa trip is brings uh, to my mind is uh, visiting Soweto and uh, my wife and I uh, donating a cafeteria there in, uh, in, the, in the town of Soweto to the kids. Uh, when we arrived there, they were eating on, uh, you know, basically the dirt, the dirt floor, um, no covering. And, you know, we said we have to do something. You know, the Kimbe had built um, all kinds of facilities there to help. And uh, we saw the need for just a place for them to sit down and be able to eat their food and have a kitchen. And uh, So we went ahead and, and helped them out in that regard. And, and that was one of my fondest memories because they put a plaque uh, with our names on it. So everybody enters that uh, that cafeteria for the rest of their days. It'll, you know, say that uh, we we left something there behind, you know, to the good people there. That's awesome. F- Faith's always been a big part of your life, right, J.D.? J.Y.D.? A- absolutely, absolutely. Couldn't do anything without Faith. Couldn't do it uh, without my love of Christ. He's always been there for me. I mean, even in the big three, I... I told myself there's no way I can get back out there and, you know, play with guys in their 30s and different things. And, you know, that voice just kept saying, yes, you can. You know, you can do anything I tell you you can do. And uh, I've been out there and, you know, Bleacher Report came out with their top 10. And, you know, I looked at looked at the list and I was shocked to see myself at number 10. Yeah, baby. Dog pound. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, you you look a lot younger than your teammate Catino Mobley, and he's banging in the post, getting buckets and doing all sorts of stuff out there. He's he, there's no lack of com- competitors coming out of him right now. Oh man, Catino is is a juggernaut in the post. I mean, this guy, you know, he dresses in press. He comes he comes decked out every game, um, and you know, he he actually had me step up my my wardrobe game. You know, I I was kind of like on the end, but I, I I got a lot of help. I started looking at the J.C. Penney's big men, you know, big menswear uh, for big and tall guys. Yeah. I mean, I stepped up my game because of Catino Mobley, what he was doing on the course. So I had a lot of help from J.C. Penney's big and tall for them, uh, you know, really having a lot of options out there. So it was good. It was good to see uh, Catino come out there and do what he was doing in the post. What's that junkyard dog suit going to look like from J.C. Penney, August 26th in Las Vegas? Well, you know, J.C. Penney's, man, they're the destination for big and tall menswear. You know, they help guys like me and my buddies at the Big Three dress confidently. And they're going to they're gonna put some inner lining, some dog pound, you know, some dog pound essence in the suit. I can't, I can't reveal it because I don't want to, you know, give it away. But it's going to be some dog pound essence within the suit. You know, you're going to have to come to Vegas, you know, check me out on the red carpet because that's when I'm going to unveil it. But, uh, you know, JCPenney's offers an assortment of brands with extended sizing for collections from Michael Strahan uh, for, suiting, for suiting and then also laundry for everyday wear. 
in the spirit of the big three here, Junkyard, I got the final three for you. You, you, you ready for this? The final three. Okay, who you got? Final three. Do you identify, number one, do you identify most as a piston or a Raptor? I'm, with all due respect to your time in Chicago and New York, but it's got to be between Detroit and Toronto. So at the end of the day, where's that heart? Uh, I have to say the Raptors, that's where the dog pound just took off. I had a chance to play with Ben Sanity um, and, you know, got the furthest in my NBA career in the playoffs. So definitely Toronto. No disrespect to Detroit because I got to the playoffs with them too. But uh, I would have to say it was uh, Toronto Raptors. Fair enough. Now, you just mentioned Vinsanity. So now you, you play with Vinsanity. You played with Jerry Stackhouse. Those are two high flyers, two Carolina guys. Who, at the end of the day, now Vince Carter's a heavy favorite here. I'm assuming you're going that way. But at, uh, you're a huge dunker yourself. Who did you like watching going to the rim more, Stack or, or Vince? Now, Mark, I'm going to no disrespect, man, but you know goodness well what the answer is to this question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. You know what when you say Ben Sanity, you're you're comparing him to the great Dr. J, Michael Jordan, and Dominique Wilkins. Jerry Stackhouse, with all due respect, does not come into that conversation at all. He's on another level. Vince Carter is on another level, and everybody knows it. So we don't have to, you know, beat around the bush too much, but definitely Vince Sanity. Let me give an amendment to that question. Your favorite Vince Sanity dunk. Man, my favorite Vince Sandy dunk was when he uh, he caught a uh, alley-oop windmill off the backboard. Oh, my gosh. How, he was looking down on the rim. It was so crazy. That was my favorite dunk. You get that? Absolutely. Yeah. And then, then he hit me with a behind-the-back pass, and I took off from before the dot, dotted line. That was, that was another one of my favorites. That's where we're going to wrap up here, Junkyard Dog. Your favorite – Guy that you dunked on. I mean, you you got Sean Bradley, you got Dikembe, you got a ton of guys. Who, when your head hits the pillow yeah. at night, do you kind of just like rub those hands together and be like, that was kind of the highlight? Well, you know, I had a lot of seven footers in my day, including Alonzo Moore, a lot of defensive players of the year, Hall of Famers. But this one Hall of Famer here had to be my favorite because it came in playoff time, game six, fourth quarter, need a bucket, and I got Mount Matumbo, the cookie monster himself. <laughs> you would never dunk on Mount Matumbo. And I said, dog pound, what do you have to say? And they said, dog's going to be barking. And I got a chest to chest and one, put him down, dog pounds up. That's how it's going to sound in Dallas. When I get there this weekend, dog pound's going to be barking Loud. That's what I'm talking about, Mark. That's what you I'm. That? I'm. That's what I'm talking about, Jerome. I'm feeling you. Was that that was left hand, right? Left hand over Mount Matumbo. No, that was all right. It, I can't. I had to come with the power of the thunder. Okay. Left hand, he probably would have blocked. <laughs> I I don't know when you were going when the, the hops were flowing, and uh, I, I I take you left and or right. Jerome Williams, the Junkyard Dog, at Junkyard Dog JW on Twitter. And you, you want to you pump your foundation real quick? Absolutely. Check out my Shooting for Peace at shootingforpeace.com. Uh, check out all the things we're doing in the community. Always uh, reaching back and trying to help kids uh, get scholarships to school. And, uh, you know, at Junkyard Dog JW, stay tuned. I'll always be posting up 
you know, my, my latest workouts, getting ready for the Dallas week. And uh, look forward to, you know, checking my, my J.C. Penney's big and tall menswear outfit this weekend in Dallas. Gonna be hot. Jerome Williams, loved watching you in the league. Great to see you back out there doing with the big three and, and appreciate everything you're about. It was, it was great to talk to you. Hey, man, thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Shout out to the dog fam. <laughs> sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time so sit back get comfortable carvana's got thousands of cars under twenty thousand dollars just waiting for you i could stay here forever carvana where car buying meets comfort meets convenience download the app or visit carvana.com today This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.